Welcome to How We're Getting There, From College to Career, the podcast where we follow the journey of two college seniors in real time as they try to land jobs after graduation. We're documenting this experience in detail so we can help listeners like you get where you want to be after college with relatable and practical advice. This is How We're Getting There, From College to Career. Welcome, everybody, to How We're Getting There from College to Career, a podcast that documents the experience of two students finishing their last few months of their senior year and are trying to land jobs. This is the first episode with Carly. Carly was a business major at the University of Vermont with a concentration in marketing. In this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about her background, her aspirations. We're going to talk about how she's already started to reach out to people and network. She's already had some conversations with Microsoft. We're going to go into the details of exactly how she's doing that, what she's going to do next. We talk about different topics like the gender wage gap. What do you do if a company requires a minimum salary on an application? And should you write a cover letter for every app? So let's dive into it. So I started the podcast how we got there interviewing UVM alumni. And now we're going to flip the script. We're actually going to bring students who are seniors at the University of Vermont. We have two of them. And today with me, I have Carly. And we're going to follow them along as they go on this journey of being in school to graduation and and finding those opportunities. And we're going to document that experience for you all. I'm going to mentor Carly and the other student throughout the process. And I'm really excited to see how this goes. So welcome, Carly. I'm really happy that you reached out to me to be on the show. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. So Yeah, absolutely. And so what I'll have you do is is just why don't you introduce yourself? Why don't you talk about your major, you know, where you're from, and then like what you're thinking about post-graduation? Absolutely. So I am from right outside of DC. I'm from Bethesda, Maryland. And as John mentioned, I'm a senior at UVM. I've been so happy at UVM and I've Loved it, and I'm excited for the next step of my life. But I'm of course sad to be graduating. And then a little bit more, a little bit more about where I'm at now. So I'm a business administration major. I have a marketing concentration, an entrepreneurship theme, and then a minor in sports management. So those are all sort of the direction I wanted to go throughout my journey so far, which I will go into more detail about. I've played soccer my whole life. So I thought that sports management and sports would be an interesting route. And then I'm more than happy to discuss past experiences. But now I think I'm moving away from the sports management route. But I think it's still cool to have under my belt. And I think that as the journey has gone on through college, we have to pick things when we're so young. But I think that even if I don't end up doing sports management with my career fully, I think those experiences and that minor have still contributed um, to some of the skills I've developed thus far. Yeah, I that's your your spot on there. You know, students have to make choices, and I think that's what we'll document throughout this podcast series. And the cool thing is, it, even if that's not your primary focus now, you can always come back to it later. And I think the skills that you and I talk about will be applicable for when you might want to make a career move to a different ladder and things like that. And I, I definitely want to get into the internships that you've had, but I do want this to be a little bit different from the other podcasts in that I want people to know and be able to, okay, this is what Carly's, this is her goal. And then mm-hmm. how are we going to get her to her goal? So why don't we start with the roles that you're looking at? So you're going to graduate this May and you've got that marketing concentration. What are some of the companies, roles, and cities that you're looking at right now? I've spoken to some people that I've worked with in the past, and I I was very overwhelmed with starting with a degree in business administration. It's great that it's so broad, but it also opens up the doors for so many different things. And so it's not, it's not as black and white. Like I have this degree and this is the job I'll get. It's like, I have a business administration degree, And I can do so much with that. And that's so awesome. But I think when I first started the job search, that just made it extremely daunting. And there were so many options that I didn't even know where to begin. So someone who I worked with in the past, who I had networked with a little bit, I hopped on the phone with her. And one of her first pieces of advice was, if you can try to narrow down the cities, that at least narrows down your options. And that's a great starting point. 
And even though I didn't know exactly what cities I wanted to go to, I knew the types of cities. And so as I've looked at different jobs and different opportunities, I definitely want to be in a place where there are some headquarters or just a bigger company that has offices kind of everywhere and explore those opportunities. So at this point, I've, I've narrowed it down. So I'm obviously from right outside of DC. So that's a good place to kind of go back to. I have a network there. So DC is on my list. And then Boston, just because I know a bunch of people graduating from UVM at the same time as me who are looking to move to Boston. So it's great to keep that crowd together. And then I'm interested in staying in Burlington if opportunities do arise. So far in my search, I've had a lot harder time of finding jobs in Burlington just because the job market is so much smaller. There's not as much opportunity for right after graduation for somewhere that I can sort of climb the ladder. But that's not to say it's knocked out. So Burlington's still on my list. And then across the country, I've been looking at Seattle and Denver. So sort of all-inclusive, D.C., Boston, Seattle, Denver, and then Burlington. Okay. That's great. So we have a list. That's that's yeah. big. And that for me, I've struggled with this too, because I've lived in Burlington, you know, ever since graduating. And I, I've loved it, yeah. but it, it can be overwhelming. And I thought I was going to move to Boston right yeah. after school. And it, it there are so many UVM alumni there. I've spent quite a bit of time in Denver. It is phenomenal. DC is also phenomenal. I've never been to Seattle, but there's a lot of technology there. So let's just quickly recap, like kind of what you've done. So you reached out to someone you got some advice. They advise you to pick the cities that you want to be in. You've identified that you want to be in tech hubs. You want to, when you say places that have headquarters, you want to be in tech hubs. It's, you know, you can start to do that research and figure out, okay, you know, you've obviously got San Francisco, you've got Austin, Boston, different places. You could go the route of, hey, let me find some undervalued cities. I personally think Raleigh, North Carolina is very undervalued. But, you know, when you look at like Boston's a really great tech hub, Denver's becoming that. Seattle is obviously that. And then DC is certainly emerging in that way that it's, it's a little more based on politics, but it's Mm -hmm. certainly there. So that's step number one, like you, you've identified these cities. And so why don't we talk a little bit about what you've done so far? Because I I know this story because you and I have chatted before, but I know that you've leveraged UVM connect. Why don't you just walk me through that? Yeah. Um, so as I started the whole process, I mean, Throughout all of college, people have told me, network, network, network. And so as I went through all of my internships and all of my jobs that I've had throughout the past four years, but also in high school prior, I didn't exactly know what that meant. But I knew that meant staying in contact with people I worked with and keeping good relationships so I could go back to those later. So I'd been doing that. I was like, I don't really know how this is going to help me, but people keep on telling me to network. So I guess I'll, I'll do that. And so then as I started this whole process, I was like, all right, so I I've done everything I was supposed to do up until now. I guess now is when I start using that. So I reached out to some past bosses. I had a family friend who was a career coach to really get started. And then I kind of took their advice and all encompassing, they basically continued to tell me to network, which I had been doing. So I obviously continued doing that. But one piece of advice that was new to me was you should really use what your school has to offer. And I had kind of thought, okay, well, the business school, we've had different career fairs that I've gone to, but haven't really found anything from those. And then we have the business school has a center for student success. So I went there so that I could have my resume and cover letter looked over. And I had been told getting my foot in the door at that center was a good idea to do now because once it comes interview time, then I'll already know people there so I can work off of that rather than come interview time trying to create new connections that could help me then. So I went there and they told me you should try UVM Connect. And I was like, what's that? And I was really surprised that I had never heard of it because I'm a senior in the business school. And then I was told that it was 
where current students and alumni, but also beyond that, people who are just interested in helping, like I'm pretty sure people just who live in Burlington and aren't alumni can also go on it. So I started exploring that. I was like, that sounds pretty helpful. And so I signed up for UVM Connect. I updated my profile so that it was up to date with my resume and my LinkedIn. And then I started combing through different alumni. And it on each of the alumni accounts, they can actually check like interested in mentoring students or um, willing to help. And so that's yes. that was I found that really cool because I can go and search on LinkedIn, University of Vermont, and find alumni, but they haven't already identified that they want to help students. So I I thought that was a really cool aspect of Connect that I could, that would be really helpful. So then sort of simultaneously with me discovering Connect, I started to research different companies that I was interested in working for because someone I had spoken to who was giving me career advice had said, Um, identify the cities, but also identify companies and then see if you know anyone at those companies. And so I I was looking for bigger companies. I've looked at Capital One, Marriott, um, because both of those have pretty big headquarters outside of DC. And then I started looking further and I found this really cool program that Microsoft offers, which is headquartered in Seattle. And I thought that was really cool because I didn't know exactly what I want to do in marketing. And they have a two-year rotational program where you can kind of explore different careers in marketing. So the Microsoft-specific one is two years and you hold a different position for each year. And then I think it's really cool because basically after those two years, you kind of just have an end to the company, but you also have all this experience. So you know more specifically what... I would know more specifically what I want to do. And so I was like, well, that program looks cool. Seattle sounds cool. Microsoft sounds cool. And then I had simultaneously discovered the Connect thing. So I basically just logged on to UVM Connect and I just searched Microsoft. And three alumni came up with Microsoft in their bios. And they each hold different positions at Microsoft, but I just kind of wrote a generic message. I said, I'm a senior in the business school at UVM. I'm interested in Microsoft. I was wondering if you could hop on the phone with me for 15 minutes. um, And basically, if I can just ask you some questions about it. Two of them responded. Real quick. Yep. If I could, and I, I, so real quick, this is important. I love that you put the 15 minute time limit because that is something that I notice students, alumni, people who who want my time and I see it with my colleagues don't do that. So I just wanted to call that out. I didn't mean to interrupt the flow because you're you're really going right now. But that is something I think that really, because what ends up happening is you're going to talk for more than 15 minutes, but it just puts me at ease that you're empathetic to the fact that I have a busy schedule. So that's a small detail, but that's really important. And so to get you back into it, you said two of them responded. Yeah. So two of them responded within an hour and I was so excited because I, to be honest, I didn't even think I would get a response. And they said they were happy to hop on the phone with me. And I spoke with one of them a couple of days later. And as you mentioned, we ended up talking for 30 minutes, but he talked a ton about Microsoft. He told me his whole story about how he got there and what he's done. He's worked there for 20 years and he was really excited to help. And that was something that I was also pleasantly surprised with. I had this feeling that if I reached out, no one would really want to help because they didn't really know me or they haven't worked with me in the past. But after talking to him for 30 minutes, he said he would write me a referral for the program. He would connect me with other people he knew at Microsoft who were younger and had gone through the program recently. And that, and he actually said, before we hopped off the phone, he said, I just want you to know that this isn't one and done. And I want to continue talking and helping you through this process. So that was like best case scenario. I just went for it and stepped out of my comfort zone and messaged someone I didn't know. And he was really excited. And what I learned through that process was that 
alumni networks are a lot stronger than I thought. Just having the commonality of going to the same school, people love helping those younger than them get to where they have gotten to themselves. Absolutely. I'm smiling because so many people don't take advantage of this. UV now, whenever I change jobs, I would always find someone with the title I was aspiring to be, and I would get in touch with them. And almost all of them are willing to help. I will call this out. Listen, if you're networking and you're reaching out to people and some people don't get back to you, do not worry about it. I think that I've reached out to like 40 alumni about joining this podcast. Maybe three, four, or five have responded to me so far. So start to do these things early. And I want to point something else out too, is a lot of people don't necessarily know how to find a mentor. And it can be kind of awkward to say, hey, will you be my mentor? And people get a little skittish because it seems like a big time commitment. But this person, this gentleman who you spoke with saying, hey, it's not one and done. Like you have a mentor like that. You are now in that. And that is great. And that is something that you want to make sure. So the first piece of advice that I can offer to you is, as, as part of my mentorship to you is come up with a plan to make sure that you stay in touch with him at least once a month, keeping them updated via email. And then as you progress, don't be afraid to ask questions, connect with other people. And then I want to get an update on where you stand with that, but we'll also figure out if he might know someone. Again, if, if he's working at Microsoft, he probably knows someone at Amazon. Like there's other people. Um, and as long as you come prepared, I think that's really important. I did want to call out too, as there's uh, websites called Built in Boston and built in Colorado. And these are things that I'll, I'll share with you that you can start to look at some of those companies. And I'm going to recommend some companies to look at too. But this is how I sort of figure out who do I want to be looking at? What are those top companies? There are some websites that do that. And so you've connected with this person. He refers you to some other people. You know, being on the phone, like when you reached out to me, Carly, one of the things that we did is we had a phone call. And one of the things I wanted to see quickly is, can you think on your feet? Are you well-spoken? Can you hold a conversation? I knew that within the first five minutes. I said, yep, this is a person I'm going to commit to for a couple months to do a podcast. If you've had that practice and you're there, like that's how quickly it can be to build a little bit of social proof. So reach out to people. Don't get discouraged. If they don't reach back out to you, just, just keep going. There's so many people in that database. You can do the same thing on LinkedIn. And so where are you at with the in the process with Microsoft? So I spoke with the alumni from UVM Connect, he wrote me a referral to the application for the marketing program that I'm interested in, which I then had to go on and complete the application because their referral process is they have to start the referral application and then I go in and complete my part. So I did that quite recently. So I don't expect that to go anywhere too quickly. And then he also reached out to someone who was in, so I'm looking at a marketing rotational program. They also have a pretty big sales program for recent graduates. He is actually on the sales side. So he connected me with an employee who's currently in the sales program, which is called Aspire. And then I reached out to that connection and we had a phone call for about 30 minutes as well a couple weeks ago. And it was interesting because at this point, it's a connection of a connection of a connection, basically. Right. Um, so I was definitely expecting even less of that. And he was just as willing to help me too. So after yeah. after that conversation, I sent a follow-up. I always make sure to send a follow-up, thanking them for their time, referencing something we spoke about that interested me. And then if yes. we mentioned yeah. anything during the conversation that I would send after, I always include that. So in my email, I did all of that. And I sent the link to the marketing program that I had applied for because he said that he has a friend in HR and he would check with them basically whether I should do anything additionally as far as that application goes. I don't know if anything really came from it, but he said he would reach back out to me once he heard from his friend in HR. So I figured I can't go wrong. Getting in the HR door is always important. So yeah. that's where I stand with Microsoft. So I'm really just waiting. So neither of my contacts who have spoken with know too much about the marketing program that I've applied for. I additionally happen to have a ton of connections at Microsoft. One of my good family friends has a best friend who works there on the marketing side. 
And I was connected with her yesterday and they're all working from home because of the coronavirus outbreak. I don't know if they're calling it yet, but prevalent right, in right. Seattle. Um, yeah, so yeah. she said she's very open this week. So I actually have been meeting to respond to her email and schedule a phone call with her. So I'm just channeling all of my connections at Microsoft and seeing what comes of it. I know that this program is definitely something I'm interested in, but I would have to assume that there are other positions that would still be entry level, but not the official program that I could also still explore and apply for. Absolutely. So a couple of really good things in there. First thing is the details are important and you're doing that. You're sending follow-ups, you're responding. So I see this a lot and it, it a little disappointing, but I know like it, it's okay. You know, students like I'll respond immediately back to them and then it takes them a while. They forget to send a calendar invite. They forget to send a follow-up. So you're picking specific things out of the conversation and we don't need to dive too deep into those because there's other things I want to get to. But when you're on those calls, just be curious. What's a day in the life like of your position? What skills are you looking for, you know, either if you're the hiring manager or how does Microsoft measure success in this role? What can I do to stand out? What advice do you have for me? And always end the call with some kind of action item, you know, of, of hey, um, thank you so much for your time. Is there anybody else that you recommend I reach out to to speak with? That's a good one. Or, you know, hey, I do have my resume. Would you mind looking at it and, and offering any of your feedback? Or just, hey, I'll let you know in a week where things stand and how it goes. And you're in a good position. You've had these conversations. Keep having them. Keep connecting. And if it doesn't work out with the program, and this is something we'll follow, the the whole point of the series will follow that, we'll start to identify other jobs in Microsoft and get connected there. Because you've, you've got a foot in the door, and that's really important, and you've already started to build these relationships. So that can really help. And I think you said something in there, too, that you didn't really have any expectations of anybody getting back to you. I think that's really important too. It's Sometimes it's a tough thing to wrap your head around, but don't have expectations of people and you'll be much happier that way because if you're thinking, I deserve for this person to, to take time out of their day to help me, they timing is tough. Like the coronavirus, it's really interesting. Hopefully everything is okay. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes timing, like if this woman's at home, like timing matters, you know? Sometimes it's just timing. So don't take things too personally. So- So we've got that. We've got this Microsoft thing. They're in Seattle. So what I would recommend, you know, the next thing to do is to look at, you have Boston, you have DC, and you have Denver. Start to look at some people who live in Denver. I know of a couple, and then we can dig those contacts up. I know that are doing some marketing out there. There's certainly someone that I can introduce you to. So I'm going to do that via email. He didn't go to UVM, but we connected because I worked with a career coach and I went to uh, Startup Week in, in Denver, and she was working with him, and he wanted to move there, so she just connected us. So I'm going to send uh, – I'm just going to do an introductory email after this. And okay. if you want to do that and just have – he works in marketing. He used to work at Google, so you, you two can just talk. I won't overwhelm you with these, but, but we'll start there. And so look up those UVM alumni, but then also, too, we had a guest on the show. His name is Sean, and he lives in D.C., I think he's worked at like four tech companies there now. He's in the sales side, but I know that there's some marketing stuff. So I might reach out to him as well. And then the other thing, when you're looking at Built in Boston, I know a lot of people at HubSpot, Wayfair, Toast, like just a lot of the uh, car gurus is another one down there. So what you can do is start to look again at some of the companies, maybe in Denver, DC and Boston, but prioritize Boston because I at least think that I can get some connections there. And then how are you, so you're doing schoolwork too. How are you staying organized? Because I'm sure you're probably a little bit overwhelmed with talking to all the people. (laughs) Yes. First of all, I was actually just looking up like best companies to work for today and HubSpot is number one. Yeah. So I I didn't even, I didn't even realize, but it's pretty cool. But yeah, so as far as Staying organized. Second semester senior year is definitely an interesting time. I am lucky enough to be taking a lighter course load. So I'm taking nine credits, three classes, which are obviously the highest level classes I've taken so far, which I thought meant that they would be a lot harder. But turns out they're not necessarily easier, but they're exactly what I'm interested in. So it makes it a lot easier to do my classwork. 
which I think is really nice. But then simultaneously with school, I'm working three part-time jobs. So balancing that is difficult at times. I would say organization is one of my strong suits. So I'm definitely a planner. I think time management is something that I prioritize. So really just being realistic about how long each thing is going to take me and then looking at how much time I have in the week and sort of planning what's going to go where and when. I've sort of left Fridays as the day that I can tailor my activities however they're needed. Fridays have also been when I've been able to fit in a lot of the career stuff I've been doing. So as far as seeing the career center and getting my resume looked over or scheduling some of these phone calls, networking calls that I've had, if they want to have them during the workday, I can block off that time during my Friday. And then of course the the it's my last semester of college. I want to enjoy my time with my friends while I still can. And while I'm not working a nine to five job. So I mean, really just finding that balance. I think where the struggle comes in is that the career stuff and job search is super important to stay on top of. So I think it's, it's really easy to sort of push schoolwork aside for the career stuff. Just you know, just because that is a really big priority right now. So to help with that, I've really tried to schedule into my days certain hours that I'm going to dedicate just to career stuff. So instead of trying to work on my resume during class, I will try to wake up an hour earlier so that I can use that hour and have that hour of the day dedicated specifically to my resume. So I think that's helped a lot. But yeah, the balancing act. It's tough. It, yeah. it It's overwhelming. So a couple things too. You manage your calendar. Like that's really important. I can't even remember what email service we had back when I was at UVM, but I did not manage a calendar. One other piece of advice too, and I know that this it, it's details, but it'll help is just keep a spreadsheet of the people you talk to and then where you last left off. I know it's extra work. It's, I'm totally not going to be like, you need to do this by the next episode, but it's just a piece of advice that has helped me in the past. And, you know, so what I think, you know, the next steps for me really are going to be, I'm, I'm going to email the gentleman I know that in, in Denver, I'm going to email a woman I know at HubSpot, who's a recruiter. She went to UVM. She's awesome. I know another woman in Denver who I'll email. So I'll start to say, Hey, this is what I'm working on. Would you be interested in speaking to Carly. And then when, you know, hopefully I bet at least one of them is going to say yes. And I'm going to set you up for those conversations. The next little, little chunk of this I'm curious about. And then I want to answer your questions because I want to make sure I'm doing that is it's good because you've already had some of the practice say, here's who I am and what I'm all about with Microsoft. So like everything else, it's like, all right, you've been talking to Microsoft and moving forward. So you're doing things right. How would you go about just presenting yourself? What are some questions you might ask? Like, how would you be thinking about that? Do you mean just as far as like when I hop on these phone calls, what, what kinds of things am I asking? Yeah. Like if you were, so yeah, what kind of things are you asking or, or, and then also how are you thinking about the experience that you have and how are you talking about that? Because, you know, you're interested in marketing roles. Are you talking about internships? Are you like, what's your kind of elevator pitch for who you are? And then what are some of the questions that you typically would ask someone if you were going to do a networking call? I'm actually just going to pull up my like exact notes. So I have kept throughout the process an ongoing Google Doc, and it's literally just called Job Search. And I think it's 15 pages long at this point but I've, I've kind of just been going through and dating it. And then I, so at the start of all these conversations, I had, I want to say around 10 questions, um, 10 just standard questions that before every phone call, I have taken probably 15 to 20 minutes just to tailor them to the phone call that I'm having that day. As far as that goes, let me, Take, take your time pulling that up. Okay. So this is what I'll say to another piece of advice is, you know, as we, as I make these introductions or as you look people up, it's really important. I've had Shannon Deegan from Google. He'll, he's on a future podcast. You all hear, you will all hear from him. One of the things that he talks about with interviewing is there's two understand the company. 
what they do and how they make their money. That's really important. So when we talk about HubSpot, when we talk about Wayfair, when we talk about agencies in Denver, when we talk about Microsoft, leverage resources like YouTube, try to find a product demo. Go to the company's website. The company's website is meant to get their customers to understand what problems they solve. So you want to make sure that you do that research too. And I'm sure you do this before you get on those calls. So you at least have a you know, an understanding of, okay, what is HubSpot? What is Microsoft doing? How has that changed? What are the leaders? Twitter's a really great resource too. So definitely make sure to do that. And the other thing that, this came from Larry Page, which was one of the co-founders of Google. Larry would look at how interesting the people are and could he spend time with those people in an airport if your flight is delayed or get lunch? Like, what do you, what are the things? And you've already talked about skiing. You've already talked about your interest in sports management. So some of those things I think are there for you. And so really just an, another piece of that step in that Google Doc is, you know, hey, I'm that this person's at this company. Just, you know, a fundamental understanding. Okay, they provide marketing services. They do paid search. They do Facebook. They focus on these industries or, you know, again, something like a HubSpot where it it's really a marketing hub that connects a lot of different pieces to reduce friction for end customers, for small to medium-sized businesses, like just things like that. And that way you're more informed and you just come off as, as more well-prepared. Absolutely. And so, yeah. And if you have the doc up, I would love to just yeah. hear kind of like, what does that elevator pitch look like? Yeah. So I have basically opened, sorry, it's so long. I need to find my actual oh, that's like, okay. opening. So I basically open and just tell them who I am. That obviously depends how I got connected with them, if I've worked with them in the past, if they go to UVM, et cetera. So basically just a standard, I'm a senior at UVM. I have a business administration major, marketing concentration. I'm from right outside of Washington, DC. I have a lot of experience in marketing. Throughout those internships, the majority have just been general marketing intern or digital marketing intern or marketing assistant. So really what I'm looking to get out of this is kind of find my route of where in the marketing world. So throughout all of these experiences, they've just been marketing and that's kind of it. So I think graduating college there, it's really hard there. It's not like entry-level marketing. Very rarely you can find that. So it's really right. figuring out right. where yeah. I fit into the marketing world because that's so broad. So I basically just explain to yeah. them who I am and then really just get them talking. A place that I really like to start yeah, on, on these phone calls that I've had is reference. I was looking you up on LinkedIn. I saw that you have this role. I see your past roles have included X, Y, and Z. Can you tell me a little bit more about how you got to where you are today? Something I've found that that really opens the gates at the beginning of a conversation because I take notes throughout that on how they got to where they are. And then it really helps me ask questions yeah. about that process. And then as far as where I go from there, I think really just the follow-up questions on what was that position like? What does your day-to-day -day look like? I think that's yep. something that through all the preparation in college for a real life job, as they say, they don't, they don't really explain the, what do you actually do from 9am to 5pm? Right, right. Like, yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. I've, I've had internships, but most of them have been part-time or the work that I've done as a marketing assistant at UVM has been three to four hours a day. And so, you know, by the time you get settled and really start something, you can't really dive into something. And so it's like, how do you fill those right. eight hours? Are you in meetings? Are right. you staring at a computer? Are you working with other <laughs> right. people? And that's something that I think is worth thinking about before applying to a specific job, because I've heard a lot of, oh, I wanted a nine to five job. And then I got there, but the job ended up being that I stared at my computer all day, but I'm a lot more social of a person than that. So I think right. it's really important to and this is something I'm also keeping in mind when I get closer to the actual interview process. I think that the interview process is framed as 
we are this big company and you're graduating college and we're interviewing you. And as true as that is, just because I get a job at a notable company doesn't mean that I necessarily want to be doing what they want me to do. And so, you know, as far as these conversations, I think I basically just go off of that. It obviously depends what role they've served. The people I've spoken with who have more recently gone through the interview process, I've definitely tried to tailor my questions to what did your interview look like? What were the steps involved in that? Yes. I think yes. those are questions that I think you you can research and find on Glassdoor. But I think just speaking to a human yes, who Glassdoor, has... I was going to mention that. Yep. Yep. Um, but speaking to someone who's recently gone through it, I think can just provide so much more value. So I've definitely tried doing that. And I think the Glassdoor-esque questions, but things that I can't necessarily find online is what I really try to focus on. So how would you describe the culture in in the company you work for? I think that can, yeah, 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 that can be really valuable. And then, you know, the conversation usually just flows from there. But as you mentioned previously, is something that I have put into practice is really just ending it with thank you so much for your time. I look forward to speaking with you in the future. And then two open-ended questions. Is there anyone else you think I should talk to? And also, do you have any other advice for me? And I think that question, I think, is really valuable because you're basically going to get a different answer with every person you ask that question to. And so just taking that, and now that I've spoken to four people at this point, I'm really starting to compile an overview of, okay, so people are really looking for someone who can communicate, someone who's organized, a problem solver, and someone who takes initiative. And so those things all encompassed in how can I take those qualities in myself and present those to a company in the future. Yes. Um, yes. Is really what I've gotten out of it so far. The, this is so great. You are so you're you're better versed than I am. I think you should host, so that you can help me. Because, <laughs> but I, I again, like you, like you've gotten to this point because you have had the conversations, and I, I could see some students listening to me like, well, wait a minute, I'm not there. That's okay. No, I was, I, I remember speaking to Liz Paley. That was the first conversation I ever had. She was like a VP at Ralph Lauren, and. She connected me with someone else. It didn't turn into anything, but I was terrified on that first call. And so you've done a lot of this. So for younger students or students who aren't there yet, don't panic. Like you're putting in the work. And so you're set up perfectly. You called out to the role is really important. So one of the women that I plan to email is a recruiter. And so for her, it, it might be less you might ask her about her day, but you might also say, okay, what is looking for in employees? And for someone who's a young grad, who I'm interested in marketing, I want to be in a company that can help me grow and I can do a bunch of different things to figure out what I like and don't like, you know, definitely take a look at the roles that they're offering at all different companies just to get an idea. Hey, do I want to be in account management? Do I want to be, you know, like try to get some of the titles and, and know that, but each conversation will be a little bit different. And if you do your homework, it goes a long way. And that is a difference when we think about, right? Like, I think that there are enough jobs for everybody. It's not that Carly gets a job and then John doesn't get a job. I think there's so much growth that's happening right now. So I don't mean to say competitive, but if you want to stand out, I know it's, it is extra work. It really is. But if you go look up and spend five minutes on someone's LinkedIn page and you ask them intelligent questions, you will impress them. We're not going to say it. I'm not going to say it to you on the phone and be like, oh, wow, like you look, well, some people might, but I'm going to notice that. And when I hang up on that phone, I'm going to be like, okay, like right now I would be, I would have just based on even our first conversation, I would have zero issue connecting you to anybody in my network because I can already tell that you're going to do your homework. You're going to do fine. Like you're all good. And I, I remember with Megan Winter, my first uh, guest on the other show, she brought business cards to like this networking event. I've never seen a student do that before. I had no, I just knew I was like, she's going to take care of the details. So, so that I think, and I want to answer you, I want to save a little time. We'll answer your questions, but I think, so again, the next steps, 
and for everybody listening, this is like real time. This is happening and I'm excited for it. You know, you're going to probably spend some time just looking at people in different cities, maybe see if anybody stands out to you that you want to connect with, spend a little time looking at like built in Boston and look at some of those companies. I'm not going to go nuts, but I'm probably going to pick two or three people to email and just say, Hey, would you mind, you know, are you open to connecting with a student? We'll see who gets back to me. And then, you know, I can connect you. And that's just what you're going to find. That's just going to open door after door after door. And you've already been looking on Glassdoor for interview questions. That's so smart because you don't want to go in blind. You want to be prepared. So that's really important. And now as as we wrap up, what are there any other things that we haven't touched on that I can help you with or provide any advice on? A couple. One more broad question. How obviously a resume is super important. I've heard that more yes. and more people are really looking at LinkedIn. As yes. far as a cover letter goes, I I know this is really important. I have found that this is the most time-consuming part of the application process. I think that you can tell when a cover letter is sent to, the same one is sent to multiple companies and you've just changed the name of it. Is is this something that's worth spending a ton of time on? And does it make a difference? Yeah, so it sounds like the question is, where does the cover letter come into play in terms of prioritization? I think if you ask different people, you'll get some different answers. So I'll give you my take. I, I think the networking comes first. I think your digital footprint is really important. Your LinkedIn, like you have one, you have a good, I like you have a good picture. I know what you look like. It's not you like drinking a beer or anything crazy. You have your work experiences. Like I can pretty quickly gather, okay, she's got her stuff together and they will look to look at your LinkedIn. People will do that. So that is, that's almost like, you know, again, that digital footprint, uh, think about your social media accounts. Everybody, I don't know. I don't know if your generation, I don't even know if we're different generations, but look at your Twitter, make sure that you don't, you didn't tweet anything in high school that make sure you interact with the companies that you're interested in. So there, there's that piece of it. And so those they're within reach there, but the cover letter is important. If you're going to do one, do it well. I've seen people get positions and you don't need one. I, you know, and then others like it, it is, it's really important to do. Like people say, you absolutely need to have that and you want to tailor it. So when you're thinking of prioritization, think about the things like LinkedIn is something that's, it's very visible. It's something where you can update, like you could update it right now, right? You can post an article, you can, you know, Hey, I just started this podcast and I'm, you know, doing this and this, or you can start connecting with people and doing those things. That's going to go a long way. If I were you, that's what I would prioritize. But as I start, like it went, once you start to get those companies where you're like, okay, Microsoft, okay, uh, whatever else the example is, like those two or three that you're really going for it, really make sure, tailor that cover letter, really put the effort in. And you know what? Like if you get referred there, they might not look at that. But the key is just get the details right. Just pay attention to the role, spelling, things like that. Just make sure it's not something that that trips you up. But that's how I would do it. Network first. And then the couple companies that you're like, okay, these are really, really important to me. Mm-hmm. Do just I know it takes time, but just but do the cover letters. Yeah, no, absolutely. And then as far as applications go, I was applying um, for another job today, and I was going through the application, and I had a couple questions that I'm seeking your advice on. One, when an application asks your highest education completed. I'm about to complete my bachelor's degree. If I put that right. my highest education completed is a high school degree, that makes it seem like I'm in high school, but I haven't right. graduated from college. Right. Uh, that is an interesting one. It, yeah. It, so, yeah that that's a good that's a good one. I mean, I'm I'm inclined to say, you know, bachelor's degree, you're on track for completion. You're already yeah. most of the way through. Sometimes they will have some college. Is there is there any other part of that application that lets you put in education. Yeah. And it and it says education okay. and so I put August 2016 to May 2020. Yeah. I think that that's fine. I that's you're not being deceitful. I think at the end okay. of the day yeah. it's like authenticity transparency. Yeah. I I would be comfortable with that. That's probably what I what I would do. If you were a first year or a second year and you're applying for an internship and then you said you completed your bachelor's, that's obviously a little bit different, but you're yeah. you're on track. By the time, like the roles you're looking at, by the time that you anticipate taking them, you will have completed your bachelor's degree. So you're good to do that. 
Okay. Yep. I was thinking the same thing. And then the other question in an application is when they ask for your minimum or some of them just say desired salary. Yes. I think it's so tough. Yeah, it is tough. Are they are they making that required? Let's just assume yeah. yes. Let's assume on this application because most of them are doing that now. And yeah. it's a really interesting thing. It, it is. So there is a book called Never Split the Difference. I forget the the author's name. That's a good one. But but there's a couple things that, that you can do. So obviously Glassdoor is your friend. Make an account. Mm-hmm. Look at some of the salary ranges for the, the position that is listed you could start to, again, if this is a recruiter, like like if you're talking to recruiters as a networking thing, you can ask them for their advice, but try to think about, you know, what's, what's a fair, not overly aggressive entry-level salary. That's going to be different in Boston than it's going to be in Seattle, than it's going to be in Denver, than it's going to be in DC. The way I would look at it is if someone were to ask you, how did you come up with that number? You have an explanation in, and you believe in that explanation. That's the key. When you get to a place where you have a conversation with a company, because every recruiter is going to ask this, what do you want your salary to be? I think, first of all, you want to have a range in mind. And a range is important because if you're too high or too low, you can at least, and there's things called anchoring, you can go a little bit higher. But that at least helps you to just be a little more on the mark because if you give one number, then you're kind of boxed in, so a range. But I always like to turn the conversation back and say, well, What's the market value of this position? What is, you know, an account manager? What's the range typically for this role at this company? And usually they'll give that to you. And as you start to get a little bit deeper, the biggest thing that you want to do is go to that company, no matter what the role is, you want to ask that potential hiring manager, you want to ask those potential teammates, what can I do when I get this role to contribute to the success of the business? How can I get close to that? Because if you're doing that and then, you know, also, and we're, we can do a whole episode on this because mm-hmm. I could, go, there's a lot of things to it. And I, I hope I'm answering your question with specificity, but as you get roles and get offers, you really do want to set that tone of like, Hey, you know, I'm coming in entry level. I want to grow. I'm ambitious. I, I want to take things to that next level. So what can I do to contribute to the success of the company? And then what are some of the things that you want to see me doing in six months where we start to talk about growth and and things like that. And there's nuance to it. So we'll get into that. But to circle back in short, use Glassdoor, ask some resources, like I can help you with that too. And just have a number that you can defend more often than not, if you put something nuts, they might rule you out. But more Mm -hmm. often than not, you're probably going to use good judgment and you'll be okay. And then we can and then you can talk about that later. Okay. Yeah, I at this, you know, this might be a little out there, but I also being a woman entering the job force, obviously there's pay yeah. inequity and that's something that's really important to me is evening the yes. playing fields. And yep. I don't know, a couple of years ago, I think I was talking about the gender pay gap. I'm a soccer player. So following the U S women's national team has been a huge part of my life the past couple of years. And it's something that's really important to me. I was talking to someone and they said not to turn it on women whatsoever, but a lot of the times women don't demand what they actually deserve and they're fine with just accepting what they get. As far as the U S women's national soccer team goes, a lot of when they were first starting to get more of a competitive salary, I listened to a couple podcasts with Abby Wambach and she had said that a lot of people told her, well, you're lucky enough to be getting paid what you're getting paid. Um, And she's like, but we're getting paid a quarter of what the men are getting paid. And they're like, well, you're lucky. The whole salary thing, it's like, I think that goes a really long way too. So, you know, you don't want to highball it, but you also want to make sure that you're getting what you deserve. Exactly. I love that you brought that up. I appreciate that you did. And I want to continue that. So there's a couple of, of my thoughts on this. So first of all, I'm in the camp of like, as we go through this process, I want you to reach like, we'll reach high, right? You clearly, but you're on this podcast, like, You've got the skill set, I can already tell. So I I don't think you're going to have any trouble with that. There is, gratitude is great. I think in certain contexts, like gratitude, we've all felt it. We've all felt like we've been underpaid. I can guarantee you everybody in their career has felt that. And there's an element of you don't want it to consume you and be negative and hateful, right? It's got to be one of those things where, of course, like, yes, I'm lucky to have a job. Yes, I have benefits. 
I look through it with that lens, but I'm ambitious and I want more and I can bring these skills to the table. There's nothing wrong with that. So, you know, when we look at roles and we look at ranges and, and this we'll learn principles as we go through the career. And there, there is like there. And again, I don't want to speculate like companies. I don't, I don't know all the research, but I, I know that there's those wage gaps. Like it, it's a, obviously the U S women's national soccer team. So for you specifically, I think we'll work on the ne- negotiation skills. And there, there are some people like, doesn't even matter the gender who just don't know how to negotiate well, and they do end up being underpaid. So I think, Step one is we do probably a whole episode on that of how do we negotiate? I think your best bet is, is this is this is what's key is if we can get you multiple offers and you can start to get a feel for what is the market willing to pay. And also what I love about built-in boss, and I just saw this the other day, is they have an icon that denotes companies that are focused on reducing that gender pay gap. And so we might be able to identify companies there. So yeah, we'll, we will talk through that. We'll keep you again. You don't want to be in a position where you're asking for some salary that's going to put you out. Like they're gonna be like, okay, we can't go there. But at the same time, we we want you getting like, we want you if, if Microsoft has a pool of applicants, we want them to see you. You're the best. They need, they need to go and they need to put their best foot forward and, you know, and then continue that throughout the career. So that's something I love that. Let's keep talking about that because that's a very real thing. And mentorships, like this is the other thing I, I will bring this up too is some I notice this like sometimes for women especially it's like you're in this position where finding a mentor like sometimes they're male and it, it's tough to do and I want to break that down I want to break that down with you and you know I you're doing all of the right things and I think you have an opportunity to lead by example here by the things that, that you're doing but I can totally empathize I can't I've never experienced it like obviously you know I'm a male but like I can empathize with that. And so we're going to be doing all the right things. And, you know, you've got skills, you've got the internships, like we can go and we can be pretty strong. The only thing that I would say is if, as we go through this process, you're like, you know what, I have higher aspirations. Like I want to go work for the U.S. women's national soccer team, or you want something where like, there's no job listed. We might come up with a strategy where you have to DM like 400 people on Instagram and say, listen, I want to be doing this. I don't have that skill set. I'm going to intern. I'll get coffee. I'll do this. I'll do that. And then that can like work you, you know, into something else. Like that's a whole other strategy depending like what the aspirations are. But yeah, that's something again, glad you brought it up. I think we'll tackle that head on. Perfect. I'm excited. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We've got plenty more coming. We're going to be documenting how this experience unfolds with both Carly and our other guest, Kylie. So please consider subscribing to the podcast or share with a fellow student who's going through the process of trying to land a job after he or she graduates. I promise you it'll be worth the follow. Have a great day.